Good morning. Welcome to worship this Sabbath day morning, this Lord's day morning, this wondrous morning when we get to gather as a church, as a family of God. My hope and prayer, as it is always, is that in this place and then this space, in this hour, we are able to experience the love and joy and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and then carry it into the world. A few announcements before we begin. We have friendship pads located on the inside uh, part of each of our pews. If you would be so kind as to fill that out, pass it down, see who signed it on its way back, and welcome each other after worship. At the end of our worship service during the summer, we have a sung congregational response following the benediction, so please do take note of that and raise your voices in praise of our God. Um, if our kids during worship feel like they need a little space, uh, and time to be kids. We have on the fifth floor a classroom available for parents to take their kids and also our playground up there, which is becoming the hot spot in all of our fair city. Uh, there's sprinklers. <laughs> uh, and also after worship, um, we have fellowship time in our garden. And please take note that weather permitting, next week worship will return to our garden as well. With all of that, let's put aside whatever it is that's occupying our hearts and minds. Let us offer ourselves as we worship our triune God. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Invite forward Adam at this time. Okay, I invite all of you forward to make a big arc up here. So this is a special day. Um, Almost everybody here has never seen me dressed like this. Um, I'm Adam Gorman, one of the pastors here. And this is about to be a mission commissioning. And all of these amazing individuals are Brick Church members. Um, and we are meeting three more up in the Boston area. And we're going to be doing a mission trip together with a group called Next Step Ministries, whom we've had a partnership with for many years now, I don't even know how many years, um, in many different ways, shapes, and forms. And we will be getting to help two individuals with their homes. We'll be doing construction uh, to help them live safely in their homes. We're going to be working with the Boys and Girls Club up there, which we got to do last year. That Boys and Girls Club services over 1,500 youth um, with after-school programs, with tutoring, giving them access to computers and all sorts of great things. And we will also work with ARC, and I'm not sure if everybody's familiar with ARC, but we'll be working with um, some adults in that community as well, even throwing a big bar barbecue and lots of parties. And with that, I hand it over to Pastor Kim. There are different gifts, but the same spirit who gives them. There are different ways of serving God, but it is the same Lord who is served. Each one of us is given a gift by the Spirit to use for the common good. Together we are the body of Christ and individually members of the body of Christ. And to our congregation, I present to you those who will represent us to this, in this mission project to Boston and to all of you. I present to you the people who have been and will continue to support you. They believe your mission is important, and I invite our congregation to pray for them each day this week as they serve. I have some questions. 
Do you accept the responsibility of representing this congregation and doing the work of our Lord in a distant place? Do you? Will you work to exemplify Christ's teachings by loving one another and by translating Christ's message with excitement and care, turning strangers to friends and friends to brothers and sisters? Will you? Will you serve in this special work with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love, treasuring your experiences as opportunities to teach and to grow? Will you? And to our congregation, do you, the members and friends of the Brick Presbyterian Church, accept all of these folks as missionaries chosen to extend our Christian love and concern to others, do you? Will you support them with your prayers during their venture and with your interest upon their return, recognizing their special contribution to the work of the church and their mission as your own, will you? Let us pray. Creator God, now give us strength, wisdom, and love to work for our Lord Jesus Christ as we serve others in distant places. Amen. To each of you standing before this church, you are commissioned by this, your home congregation. So go forth, doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God through Jesus the Christ, who is our risen Lord. Amen. And let us pray as one. Gracious God, we present our hopes for these specially commissioned this day. In every age, you have chosen servants to speak your word in unique and special and various ways. We thank you for these people whom you have called to serve you. Give them each special gifts to do their special work. Fill them with the Holy Spirit so they may accept all they confront and be faithful and joyful in their task. Bring them safely home and then let their experience further enrich us so that we too may better serve you. Amen. We wish you a wonderful and safe and transformational trip. So please now follow Adam out the side door. Please rise and join me in the call to worship. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods.
be seated. Let us pray. Lord, as King David wrote, yours are the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and on the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Riches and honor come from you, and you rule over the world. In your hand are power and might, and it is in your hand to make great and give strength to all. And now, our God, we give thanks to you, and we praise your glorious name for your great creation and your Son, Jesus, our Lord, who boldly taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The proof of God's amazing love is this, writes the Apostle Paul, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us therefore, in boldness of faith and in confidence, approach the throne of grace, confessing our sins before God and one another. Almighty God, we acknowledge and confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. We have not loved you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. Deepen within us our sorrow for the wrong we have done and the good we have left undone. Lord, you are full of compassion and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. There is always forgiveness with you. Restore to us the joy of your salvation. Bind up that which is broken. Give light to our minds, strength to our wills, and rest to our souls. Speak to each of us, and let your word abide with us until has wrought in us your holy will. Amen. of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to us all in the name of Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. Thanks be to God. And because God has cleansed us, God has reconciled us to one another. So let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. To this peace we were called as members of one body. The peace of Christ be with you. Let us rise and greet one another in the name of Christ.
You may be seated. In baptism, God claims us and seals us to show that we belong to God. By the water and Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, the body of Christ, and joined to Christ's ministry of love, peace, and justice. On behalf of the session of the Brick Presbyterian Church, I present these parents who are bringing their children for baptism, Robert John Burkhardt and Casey Gasparini Burkhardt, Connor Joseph Lina and Sarah Catherine Lina, August Patrillo and Vanessa Manchus. We have some questions for you to answer. Do you desire that your children be baptized? Relying on the grace of God, do you promise to live the Christian faith and to nurture your children in that faith? Do you renounce all evil and powers in the world which defy God's love and righteousness? Do you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And to our sponsors, do you promise as godparents through prayer and example to support and encourage them in the Christian faith, do you? Do we, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide and nurture these children by word and deed, by love and prayer, encouraging them to know and follow Christ, and by our fellowship, strengthen their family ties to the household of God, do we? The Lord be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Let us pray. We give you thanks, eternal God, for you nourish all living things by the gift of water. In the beginning, your spirit moved over the watery chaos, calling for order and life. You led Israel out of slavery through the waters of the sea into freedom. In the waters of Jordan, Jesus was baptized by John and anointed with your spirit. By his death and resurrection, Christ set us free from sin and death and opened the way to life eternal. We thank you, O God, for the water of baptism. In it, we are buried with Christ in his death. From it, we are raised to share in his resurrection. 
Pour out your spirit upon us and upon this water that this font may be the womb of new birth. May these children be delivered from death to life, from bondage to freedom, from sin to righteousness. Bind them to the household of faith, guard them from all evil, and strengthen them to serve you with joy. Amen. Please name your child. George Edward Webster. Hi, George. George, your name means farmer. And it is my prayer for you that you are fertile soil for God's word your entire life. George, I baptize you in the name of the Father. and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What is the name of your child? Mary Jordan Lyza. Mary Jordan, Mary means in the Hebrew, beloved. You are so beloved by God. You are beloved by all who encounter you. And my hope and prayer is that you will share that belovedness with all whom you encounter, that every soul will know that they too are beloved, even though your name is the best one of all. <laughs> Mary Jordan, child of the covenants, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Name your child. Clayton Reese Petrillo Manchus. Hi, Clayton. Clayton, you want to see the water? Look, look. Oh, look, look. look at the water. Hey, Clayton, you want to see the water? Oh, let's go see Mom. All right. Clayton, your name means town of clay. And it is my prayer for you that like clay, you are able to be shaped by God's love your whole life. Clayton, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
And now, children, your very first children's sermon. At your baptism, God shows you that for you, Jesus was born and laid in a manger. And that for you, he lived and he showed God's love. For you, he suffered the depths of Calvary and said, it is finished. For you, he triumphed over the grave and rose to newness of life. For you, he sits at God's right hand and watches over the world. And he did all of this for you before you knew anything. O Lord, uphold these children by your spirit. Give them a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and of might, a spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and a spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Amen. Children of the covenant, you have been marked as God's own and claimed by his love through this baptism. Rejoice and celebrate this good news. Amen. Our reading this morning comes from the book of Beginnings as we enter the story of Abraham and Sarah with the fulfillment of God's promise to give the elderly couple an heir. It has been a long, oftentimes hazardous journey to arrive at this day, as we will discover. Let us pray. God of majesty, you who have created all that is, all that ever will be, we pray for your presence among us this day in this place. Help us to hear your word anew, illuminated, and infused by your spirit. We pray this in the name of your son. Amen. Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son, whom Sarah had bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The word of the Lord. Today's message is in the style of a narrative, taking its inspiration from Jewish 
rabbinic stories known as the Midrash. We enter the story of Abraham and Sarah in the spaces above and under and around the words of our scripture lesson this morning, recounted from the perspective of Sarah. Their story will continue next week from the vantage point of three other characters. Please note that there are varying meanings for the Hebrew word for laughter. And if I may, to all the moms out there, I beg your indulgence. There's a lot of creative license happening in this story. Let us begin. I have been in anguish for hours now. There's no way I can survive this. My body is too old and my spirit is too weak. Why did I ever long for a child? Why did it take so long for the so long promise to be fulfilled? Surely this could have happened ages ago when I was young and strong. And the name chosen by the one Abraham calls the Lord. He who laughs. Hilarious. There is no laughter now. There is no laughter here. There is only panic as I look at the faces of the women around me. Why are they so afraid? Why is Abraham pacing back and forth, back and forth, seen only as he passes by the entrance of our tent? Back and forth, back and forth. At least it is a distraction. He has always been good for that, at least. There's less and less space now to breathe, to find my will to endure. But endure I must. Endure I must. We have been through so much, that stubborn man and I. From the very first moment he encountered the Lord. How long has it been? 25 years? He has obeyed. All it took was a promise larger than life. Go. Take your wife and your household and leave your family and your land and travel until I tell you to stop. I will make you great. A nation will descend from you, and your name will hold special meeting for all time. Anyone else would have known it was a trick. What else could it be? But Abraham, well, he believed how he wanted to believe. And so he went. We in our already great age pulled up stakes and started walking, hoping the direction our feet pointed to was the place this mysterious Lord was calling us. There was no plan. There was no map. There was no timetable. We just left. And with the leaving, Everything changed. Years came and went. Places came and went. Fearsome challenges came and went. And frequent appearances to Abraham by the Lord came and went. Yet the message always remained the same. You will have a multitude of offspring more numerous than the stars shining above your head. 
Your descendants will occupy the land your eyes behold, and then some. I will do this for you. A ruse, I tell you. Still, good old Abraham, he kept on hoping, even when his decisions threatened our lives. Even then. Even as the Lord kept on making promises, becoming more detailed, more sure, a covenant than another. As for me, well, it became more and more preposterous to trust what this elusive God told my husband. For how may one child, one child, make that much difference? To give rise to that great a family. All I wanted was one child to remove my shame. All I needed was one child to bring me honor. But no one ever asked me. So after so many years of silence, my barrenness overtook me. Surely Abraham misunderstood. Surely the Lord meant for Abraham to have children by another. Surely Hagar, my young servant girl, is the one to bear the long-promised heir. Surely it is in this way I will be blessed. Me with so ancient a body and so little time left to dwell in it. Surely, surely I will not endure these spasms of labor. Where was I? Oh, right, surely. Well, as surely as ever I prevailed over Abraham, and just as I planned, Hagar conceived and gave birth to Abraham's first child, a son, whose name was given by an angel of the Lord, no less. God has heard. God has heard? God has heard what, exactly? And who? Hagar? What does she need? So she ran away, they all do at that age, just because she couldn't tolerate discipline. I didn't harm her or the child, and, and besides, I was well within my rights. Abraham gave me permission. You would correct her too, if she looked at you with the same contempt, knowing she was with child, and that I still always wasn't. God has heard. It's not as if I remained silent all these years, refusing to shout my fury into the wind. I found the moments, the places, to ask Abraham one more time to tell me about the last promise and then the one before that. To recite again every question he asked, to recount every response he was given, Surely the Lord heard it all. Surely Ishmael should be the name of my promised son. Hasn't God heard my desperate pleas over so many desperate years? Don't they count for something? Or do they count for nothing? Do I count for nothing? Perhaps that is why we have this boy Every single time these last 14 years, I have heard his name or seen his face 
I remember God has heard her. Meaning this God knows Hagar. And this God, who Abraham believes is constant and true, does not know me, surely. Oh, such sharpness in my belly. This child is bringing me nothing but agony. Does God not know me now? Has God heard me here in the midst of such suffering? Or am I surrounded only by silence, just as I am when Abraham alone hears the promises, asks the questions, utters the complaints? I must remember to breathe. I must think of something happier. I must. All right, pleasant thoughts. Let me think. Well, I must say, he finally reached his limit, long-suffering Abraham, that one time just last year when the Lord appeared singing the same old tune with a twist. I am God Almighty, and I will make my covenant with you, and I will make you great. Abram, your name is now Abraham, exalted father. Sarai, who will give birth to a son, is now Sarah, princess. From you both will rise nations and kings. Nearly a quarter of a century after being told to go, newly minted Abraham told me he busted out laughing. The absurdity of it all. After all this time, all these worn out hopes. He told me he tried to hide his mirth, so he fell on his face, muttering, who has ever heard of a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman having a child? The Lord must mean Ishmael. But the Lord didn't mean Ishmael. God, who Abraham says hears all and sees all and knows all, said, No, Abraham, it will be by Sarah that you will have a son. He who laughs, who will join in covenant with me, who will be born this time next year. Abraham told me he just shook his head and headed back home. I remember his bemused expression, his puzzled glance my way. Serves him right for laughing, I guess. Even so, I would not believe for where is the laughter for me? The journey has been too long and too harrowing and too filled with disappointment, dismay, and grief. I would have to hear it for myself. Next thing you know, three strangers show up at our tent. I hurried to the kitchen to make bread when one of them said my name. How does he know I am Sarah? I peered around the tent's opening and heard him say to Abraham what I have longed to hear for myself. I will surely return to you in due season when your wife, Sarah, will have a son. I about dropped the dough I was holding. How ridiculous, or perhaps contemptuous. What does he mean? I could only chortle. 
My body is beyond all that. I should have been quieter because the messengers of God called me on it. Why do you laugh, Sarah? Is there anything too wonderful, too impossible for the Lord? Tell us, Sarah, if you can. I could not answer their questions. I could only deny my derision. I was so afraid. What if it comes true at last? What then? The strangers left. That was last year. I put the message aside almost as quickly as I heard it. Because what if? What if all my hopes buried so deep over the years are unearthed? What if I have a child at the age of 90, far beyond my childbearing years, my child-rearing years? What if? Would I have room in my heart for an infant after so many years loving only Abraham? Would I have the stamina to carry a baby, then push him into the world? Would I have the patience to keep up with a toddler? Would I live long enough to watch him grow, first into a boy, then a young man, then an adult? Would I see him marry, have children of his own, would I bear witness to the fulfillment of the grandest of promises made by the Lord? Progeny as numerous as grains of sand on a seashore, and then some. Or no, how could I manage either a yes or a no? I am only an aged woman. And yet, what did the strangers say? Is there anything beyond the Lord? So after all this time, I did the only thing I could do. I decided to try and believe in God, as Abraham does, even on his most foolhardy days. And lo and behold, the Lord accomplished what the Lord promised. I was with child. I am with child. Every day for those two few precious months, I woke up and hoped, expected, may God help me with this child. God will help me with this child. And then I would laugh at the glee of it all, at the distress of it all, holding on as tightly as I could to the promise that all would be well, no matter what. And so here we are. Here I am, surrounded by so many women, ever vigilant, who knew there were so many in our household. Are they here to support me as I bear down with whatever breath I have left? Or are they here to keep watch, reporting to that girl whom the Lord hears how hard this is for me, so she may look upon me with even more disdain. No matter. We are getting close, so close. I watch Abraham pass by that opening, three steps, a glimpse, 
Three steps more, turn. Three steps back, a glimpse. Three steps more, turn. Over and over, as the shuddering waves of pain bring me ever nearer to joy and to fear. A struggle consumes me, body and soul. Time passes slowly, then faster until it is a gallop. Hold on, hold on. And now finally, the long-awaited, hardly-believed moment has arrived. Laughter is here. A pause, then a wail, which sounds to me as song. I have strength only to whisper a prophecy. Laughter has God made me. Whoever hears will laugh at me. Laughter has God made me with the gift of a son, and so that is what I do. That is who I become. Sheer joy emanates from the deepest part of my being, a place I have not known, a gladness I did not expect. Gaiety mixing with sorrow as tears fall down my face. The depth of love already for this wee one it can only break my heart. It can only cause me unrest. No matter, no matter, for Isaac is here. Who would ever have believed? Not me, not truly. And yet it matters not, for this Lord of Abraham's has known me. This Lord of Hagar's has heard me. And this Lord of Isaac's and Ishmael's, the one who loves a surprise, has made me glad. May I know this feeling forever. May I remain in this place always. Amen and amen and amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, in Jesus Christ you taught us to pray and to offer our petitions to you in his name. Guide us by your Holy Spirit that our prayers for others may serve your will and show your steadfast love. Creator God, you made all things in your wisdom and in your love you save us. We pray for the whole creation Overthrow evil powers, right what is wrong, feed and satisfy those who thirst for justice, so that all your children may freely enjoy the earth you have made and joyfully sing your praises. Let us silently now pray for the world. Mighty God, sovereign over the nations, be with families whose children were murdered in Uganda. Help the ceasefire to take hold in Sudan. Bring peace to the Ukraine. Direct all those who make, administer, and judge laws, especially be with our President of the United States and our local representatives and all in authority among us, 
that guided by your wisdom, they may lead us in the way of righteousness. Let us pray for those who govern. Merciful God, you bear the pain of the world. Look with compassion upon those who are sick. Cheer them by your word and bring healing as a sign of your grace. Let us pray for those sick in body, mind, and spirit, and those who care for them. God of comfort, stand with those whose loved ones have been lost to sickness, violence, and tragedy, that they may be sure that neither death nor life nor things present nor to come can separate us, separate them from your love. We praise you, Lord, for all your servants who, having been faithful to you on earth, now live with you in heaven. Keep us in fellowship with them until we meet all your children in the joy of your eternal kingdom, through Christ, in Christ, with Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, by the fellowship of God and the bonding of peace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the time of offering in our worship, not primarily but because of, we, because of what we give to God, but of God's self-offering in Jesus Christ. That is what we are to remember at this hour, and because of that, we respond with thanksgiving, even joy, for our Lord has said, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Let us receive this morning's tithes and offerings. You may be seated.
Let us pray. Lord, truly all that we have belongs to you and comes to us only that we might be stewards of your mysteries and dispensers of your grace. Use these ties and offerings to do your will both within these walls and out into the world that all may know your good news that you came out of love for the world to redeem it and to reconcile it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. be seated. As we consider what it is to laugh and to believe and to have faith, even when things seem so hard and impossible, let us remember that with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. It is in that possibility when it seems like an impossibility that you can perhaps hear the echo of our triune God laughing as well to encourage us. So let us rejoice and be glad for all that God has given us and all that God continues to give us because in God's time, we will know laughter. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and the joy of our creator God be with us this day and always, amen. <laughs> 